The first lesson this morning comes to us from Psalm 147, verses 12 through 20. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He grants peace within your borders. He fills you with the finest of wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his word blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinances to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his ordinances. Praise the Lord. And from the gospel this morning, the gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He he came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what his own And his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I I believe the John passage this morning speaks to the very heart of the Christmas message by answering this question. Who is the child of Bethlehem? 
And why should we care about his birth? The passing season leaves a variety of emotions in its wake that may obscure the profound meaning to be gleamed in the Christmas stories that we've presented over these past six weeks. Well, for some, dead trees need to be hauled out to the street. Bills need to be paid. Life resumes once again. And the natural yet unspoken question lingers. What was this? What was this all about anyway? And John responds, John responds in a thundering voice with with a resounding eloquence. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The Word became flesh and lived among us. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John stipulates nothing less than this. God poured out God's own self into human form. This eternal word was God's proactive agent in the creation of all things, even life itself. And in the most powerful life-changing event in history took the form of a baby of humblest origins. Friends, this, this astonishing proclamation that John makes overwhelms the limits of our human imagination. But more questions tend to leak out. How could such a thing be possible? What does this mean for me? Almost everyone has a word that he or she has a gift for bringing to life. For one person, the word is compassion. Another might be integrity. The, mother, uh, the other one might be calling or justice. For someone else, it's generosity. For another, it's patience. For another, it might be laughter. Until someone acts on these words, they remain abstract concepts. Very good ideas that few people have ever seen. The moment someone acts on those words, the words become flesh. The words become flesh. They live among us so we can see their glory. Congregations embody words as well. Plenty of congregations think they must embody all of the words in the gospel. But they don't. They don't. They must, however, put flesh on one or two of them to do their ministries. Some congregations do a great job at hospitality and making that hospitality real. So others, others have a flair for prayer. Every now and then you find a congregation that, that brings the word prophetic into life. 
while there's another one just around the block that puts skin in the word we call mission. Congregation, congregations like these know that when you preach the gospel, it's not always necessary to use words. But by the grace of God, you may also volunteer the flesh of those words and bringing those words to life. What do you think, what do you think our words are here at First Presbyterian? What do you think your words are individually? I wonder when was the last time we witnessed or experienced or participated in sheer praise and wonderment in the face of God's glorious beauty and truth, light and power, grace and goodness. I wonder, I wonder as we go into the new year, what, what might that look like? A grandfather was was walking through his yard when he heard his granddaughter, who was sitting in the garden, repeating the alphabet in a tone of voice that sounded, sounded like a prayer. He asked her, what was she doing? And the little girl explained, I'm praying, but I can't think of exactly the right words, so I'm just going to say, all the letters of the alphabet and God will put them together for me because God knows what I need and what God needs. One of the many blessings I have in my life, and it is a blessing, these are blessings, is to have my grandkids living with me. I get to experience their growth every day. I get to experience their emotions every day. The ups and downs, the gleeful moments of birthdays and, and Christmas, and the dissatisfied moments when they are disappointed. The young ones, the, even the young ones, the really young ones, the emotions are unfiltered. They, they let you know immediately how they feel sometimes with gusto. Perhaps that's why Jesus tells us that we need to enter the kingdom of God like children. When they hurt, they cry. When they are frustrated, they scream. When they are thrilled, they squeal. When they're happy, they, they giggle. They exude the emotion that's in them at any given moment. And as we grow older, we learn to mask much of that. We learn to mask much of our feelings, our emotions, our hopes, our vulnerabilities. Well, of course, this, this is, of course, uh, often appropriate. It is often appropriate and healthy. However, the, this greater control sometimes stunts our very being and pre prevents us from fully living the life that God gives us. We stop seeing the wonders in and around God's creation 
we miss the light-filled, grace-filled, truth-filled word still speaking all around us. We worry about what others might think if we exhibit too much joy or lament or praise or angst. Now is the time to live as children of God. This is the new year. The time to hit the reset button where we get a new opportunity to live as the children of God that Jesus empowers us to be. Let's begin this new year by living with the exuberance of of getting that unexpected but yearned for gift. Or like seeing the beach for the first time. Or setting your eyes on the one that you would spend your life with. When holding your first child or your child for the first time, when seeing your grandparents after a long time apart. That's why I think, that's why I think as we grow older, our Christmas list gets shorter. The things that we want cannot really be purchased. I believe, I believe that John, I believe, I believe that God invites us to silence that voice within us that tells us to keep everything under control. Not to expect too much. Don't, don't hope too much. Don't reveal too much. Keep it close to your vest. God silences that voice in us that says, do not rejoice or grieve too much. But God insists, God moves us instead to give ourselves over to the Word made flesh and embodied in our own flesh. Allow the Logos, the Word, to overwhelm and envelop us, to silence in us any voice but God's. Open our mouths, our bodies, our souls to praise and song, to truth and grace upon grace. Let it radiate through us so that we will be, you and I will be the light of the world that no darkness can overcome. And we are reminded of that light and life at this table his table, the one we are invited to sup at with him and the communion of saints. So let us, so let's, as God's own who are baptized in the triune God, rejoice as we partake in this meal to celebrate a new year, celebrate a new life, now and forevermore. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. 
please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you, and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.